Labyrinth. Come in. Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to witness is no illusion. And now we got the bass banging from here to Buckingham Palace. They're all moving. Hi there, and uh, welcome to This Is Brendan 60 uh, with Matthew Grant. Uh, this was a great chat I had. I did on Instagram last night. If you're listening to this when it was uploaded on Saturday, December 12th, uh, today's episode was going to be my book review uh, of November where I read about eight books and I was going to do a YouTube video and just uh, life got in the way. I did a bunch of interviews this week and I'll tell you more about it uh, in the upcoming portion of the intro. But uh, I did just upload a vlog that I'll promote tomorrow. So if you subscribe to my YouTube account or if you... um, Or if you... I just realized my hand's black. I don't know what the fuck I touched. Uh, If you uh, subscribe to my YouTube account or my... uh, Or you just look at the details down below. It's a vlog from November 2017. Myself, San Andreas... Uh, Mark Wheeler and Shane Saber went to Proving Ground Pro in Chicago, and uh, yeah, there's two shows on uh, the one before it and one after it, and uh, enjoy the vlog, and there's also a bonus mystery box unboxing. But this episode, myself and Matt Grant, we talked for goddamn near two hours. Uh, Jake Jones was uh, the unofficial third guest because of um, his involvement in the chat, and that's why I love Instagram Lives, for the fact that uh, I can, what's it called, uh... I, I know it's live, so I did a long-ass chat that I'll tell you what the episode is, and there's I have to edit out some things that we talked about, but on the Instagram Live, like, we know it's live, and we're joking around with Jake, so his, uh, his information is down below, too. But, uh, yeah, it was just uh, it was a real fun conversation. We talked about our perspectives on life, how everything's going in the pandemic, and, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Simon, we're fucking them up, turning them psycho. Everybody rock, let's bring the house down To rubble and dust, cause we'll be fucking it up Somebody say you And secondly, uh, we mentioned John Greed in this episode I should be doing an Instagram live with him pending scheduling or whatever Tomorrow, Sunday, December 13th, sorry This is content you could be listening to in two years But uh, that will hopefully be up in a few uh Either, uh, I, I think the Tuesday upload will still be the uh, movie review. But he was so just, he did like about a 30-minute solo podcast. And he was just so open. And when you're vulnerable, that's the way that you can really get better. And that's literally, I think my my thought process is, if you keep everything bottled up inside, it just creates worse. I, I talk about it on the podcast, but... When you're trying to isolate yourself, that reminds me, I talked to Wade about it this week, actually, of my cat when he tried to, when he was getting ready to die, he had kidney failure, that he spent all this time by himself, and he was trying to find a spot in the laundry room to be by himself, and I even said, I was like, kid, I was like, he's tr- he's looking for somewhere to die, and we took him to the vet, and then, unfortunately, he didn't make it, but it's everything seems so worse when you're in your own head and you're thinking about it that you do need to let out sometimes message people uh listen to john greed's episode if you're feeling down and uh it'll help you see that not everyone's going through great times right now and we're just trying to make the best of a shitty situation for me it helps that i look at perspective it's yeah it sucks i don't get to wrestle three times a weekend like i did last year but 
it's affecting seven and a half billion people. Seven and a half billion people aren't wrestling. Seven and a half billion people aren't watching wrestling, but they're affected by COVID-19. So perspective for me is a real big thing. Uh, and this week I actually like making a conscious effort to not put myself in situations that will trigger my sadness or depression or just make me irritable. I, uh, my sister had her child a few weeks ago and she asked me to be her, her godfather and like, cool. Yeah. In a regular situation, that'd be awesome. And I'd be thankful. But last time I did something cause I was told I should do it, which was her wedding. I wanted to kill myself. So, and if I look at the role of a godfather, which I would have to go to a church where I grew up Catholic, but I wasn't raised religious, if that makes any sense at all. Uh, I went to Catholic elementary school, we went to church on Christmas every year, and like, that was it. Uh, very lazy religious people, but everyone celebrates their religion in their own way, I'm just non-religious. But the role of a godparent is to be the spiritual advisor for this child, and I'm a big proponent of, I, I can be a role model, I can be someone that you see my actions and they match my intentions, and also I, you can follow me and yeah, okay, you understand that and you want to do it, but I don't need to be the spiritual guidance and a religious uh, compass for her when I'm non-religious. It would be the dumbest thing. And I put, I said yes, like Wednesday night and then Thursday morning or the other way around, Thursday night, Friday morning, I, I called her back and I was like, hey, I have to politely decline. I presented my reasoning, which makes total sense. And then she called me back a half an hour later asking if I'm sure. I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I be? And it's that of, I've had too many people in my life think that they know what's best for me. When I've been coddled when I didn't need to be coddled. I've been looked after when I didn't need to be looked after. And it's funny because I was so fucking neglected. But it's coming wiser with age and it's less wise with age and more looking at track records and if you're not happy in a situation if you eat fast food and it makes you sad or miserable don't eat fast food then but uh yeah i i think i'm defining it that like 25 26 i was like when i turned 25 i think i just won the crossbody title uh for the first time and no actually i turned 26 then and then i had the title when i turned 27 and to be honest, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast. I do think I would have been dead this year of just dumb shit I would have done. I would have done too many stupid risks. I would have drove way too much. And I probably would have died in a car accident or doing something dumb and broke my neck. And I do believe the pandemic helped me slow down because if I started my 27th year saying I don't know if I'll survive and at least I'll get to be a footnote of the 27 Club Wikipedia page. But now at 28, like... I'm moving in February or in March and I'm, I'm seeing that the future is, the future is bright and uh, yeah there's just a lot of potential and I'm also excited for all the challenges that are going to be coming to hold myself accountable. The fact that I'm moving by myself, I'm not with a roommate situation, I'm only 28, my job's decent and uh, yeah I'm very excited uh, about the prospects. Doing all nighters, no days off, great hairs and a little blow weight loss I predict, I predict, I predict, I predict Disturbing London got the whole city panicking I've been Nostradamus, this my nick nick nigga 
But I appreciate all your support. Thank you very much. I wouldn't have the confidence to believe in myself without all of you. So I sincerely appreciate all of you. And uh, so today, December 12th, I'm uploading this episode with Matt Grant. Tomorrow on Instagram Live, I'm interviewing John Greed, hopefully. And then, uh, yeah, this Tuesday, I'll try to put up the the book review video and vlog and there's already that Chicago vlog that's up right now it just I just got the confirmation and uh yeah there's uh next Saturday will be I had a fucking three hour plus conversation with my buddy Justin Gilmet who's ran in a few times and he's interviewed me I now got the chance to repay the favor back to him and uh it's fucking great it's so much fun and um uh, yeah, I can't wait for y'all to hear it. It will be released next Saturday. So you have those to look forward to. Uh, and maybe a bonus video. I'm looking through all this old footage from my phones and my cameras from the past 5, 10 years. And it's a trip. It's uh, <laughs> There's a lot of foolishness. And you'll get to witness this on the Patreon next year. Uh, really fun. That's also coming up. Remember, January 1st, I'm launching my Patreon. Please join. You'll get a whole bunch of uh, fun perks. And... Uh, yeah, I, I'm very excited about it. And we talked about it on the podcast a little bit because apparently Matt Grant's going to launch his. So competition, no. It's bullshit. Collaboration over competition. Let's promote each other. Let's all grow. Uh, and also, Christmas Eve, Go Hard Pro, uh, the Ontario Indie Holiday Special. And uh, we've announced some more talent. I hope you all stay tuned for that. Remember, all the links and social media tags are in the bottom below. I sincerely appreciate it. I love it. I'm grateful for anyone that listens to this bullshit that spews out of my mouth because it helps me and I've heard from a lot of you that it helps you too. So thank you very much. I appreciate all of it. Uh, I should go see a therapist soon, but this is the closest I'll be for right now. And I thank you all for being my a spectator on my descent into sanity. The opposite. So have a good morning, have a good afternoon, have a good evening, have a good night, just have fun. Stay safe, sane, and healthy. And I love you all. Thank you very much. Talk to you all soon. I predict an earthquake up in here. Say yeah. I predict an earthquake up in here. Cause we throw bombs on it, throw bombs on it. Just smash something. Yes, much for me. Hey, yes. Another Instagram live. If you're watching the recap of this, this podcast is actually going to be available like uh, in like six hours. I'm just going to put it up right after we record. Uh, Matt Grant today. Uh, let's see how this goes. Friday night at nine. I just woke up and I did not get enough sleep. So there's Matt. Let me send him the invite. Boom. Good, how are you, buddy? I am um, slightly tired. Yourself? 
Uh, doing the same. If I'm being honest, and I'll admit this for the first time ever here, uh, I actually have been off work for the past week because, uh, you know, COVID stuff. I uh, had to go get a test. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, you work, like, in kind of retail with public anyways, right? So you're at high risk for anything. Yeah, I'm at Staples, and uh, I can't say customers are the greatest people to be around. <laughs> I've seen some of your posts, and I'm like, oh, I do not miss my Toys R Us or Cineplex days. Oh, man. So last year, I was working Toys R Us night shift, and I don't miss that at all. Like, I'll take this over that all day. Like, I will never do nights ever again in my life. <laughs> How's everything besides this past week, though? How's the past eight months? Um, it's been, it's been wild, man. Um, I literally showed, uh, my fiance, the post this morning, uh, how we were going to take 2020 bookings. We had all the belts on, we had all this crazy stuff going and here we are. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's been crazy to watch, um, the last couple of months, especially unfold. Like we've had a couple of tapings, a couple of shows pop up, which is really cool opportunities for different talents. Um, but other than that, man, like it's been pretty bare for the most part and it's been real, real depressing. Literally, I my Facebook memory came up today saying, uh, I don't normally compare myself to other wrestlers, but I love seeing everyone's schedules right now where everyone was working eight to 12 shows a month. They're, they're in PWO, Crossbody, Barry, Seaway Valley, Seymour, like everywhere. And everywhere. literally, it was like, no one's been wrestling more or having more fun than right now. And I'm looking yep. at this. I'm like, well, 12 months later, no one's wrestling as little or being as depressed as right now. Dude, that's so true. Like, I, I, I can't even believe I, I did the PWO taping a couple of weekends ago. It was one of the first wrestling, real wrestling things I did to be around a bunch of people and whatnot. And it was like, man, I miss all of you guys. I miss this environment. I miss just this. Like, yep. uh, the creative outlet is unreal, man. Uh, quick shout out to Billy and Brian. Miss them on you guys also. Uh, yeah, when Much we did, love, guys. When we did the Go Hard Pro tapings, because we were going to do it with restrictions, so it was going to take like seven hours, and it was going to be in like 45 to 90 minute blocks, and then there was a brief moment in time that we could have fans, and it was like, oh, cool, this is going to be an awesome show. And then it's like, okay, well, we're not allowed fans, and we could tape it all at one go. But everyone wanted to be first on that fucking show. And they're like, well, it's a tape and you can edit it together. It, call time was like 12.30, 1 o'clock. Shit didn't start getting filmed until 3 because everyone was just hanging out and everyone missed them. Everybody just missed people. Like, miss being around everybody, man. Like, miss, again, the environment, the vibe, the... Uh, just miss it all, man. Straight up. It's completely hard to explain, just like that like, people you see so regularly. Spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On an outside spectrum, like, when I'm trying to explain this to people at work, they're like, what the fuck? Like, I showed somebody the impact gig I did at work, and they're like, what in the actual fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah, this is what I used to do regularly, and now I have to do it once a quarter? Yeah, if that. But, like, you've been real productive. You've been working out. You have you got time with your fiancé. Congratulations yeah, on uh, the engagement. 
Yeah, it's uh, crazy to believe that that was almost a year ago too. Like again, going back to like the whole processing 2020, it's like holy crap, we got a new house, a bunch of pets, all that stuff this year. Like it's so much has happened this year. Like not even just like on a professional level, on a personal level, it's been a whirlwind of the year, man. I I feel like a lot of us have taken this opportunity for like a productive time to slow down, like especially for us where. Because me and you are, we'll talk about it in a minute, but, like, our busyness and schedules for pro wrestling kind of mirrored each other of, like, no no weekends off ever in the last, like, seven years. And that's exactly the way I want it to be, too, man. I'll, I, I used to be in, I, towards the latter end uh, of, you know, the pandemic kicking in and whatnot. Like, I was one of those people that was like, okay, maybe, like, I don't want to hang out to the end of the show. I kind of want to go home and get a little bit of time with my fiance before I go and do my Monday to Friday job. Um, but, like, for a long period of time, man, I was the first person in the venue, the last person to leave the venue. Like, I, I wanted to be there as much as I possibly could. I wanted to be in those cars. I wanted to travel with Josh and Julian to Chicago, to Cleveland, to do all these different things, to experience all these things, because I love this. Like, I was making no money off of doing the podcast. Uh, I was making no money off of being a referee. Uh, it was just the love of it, man. Uh, quick shout out to uh, Shelly. Uh, oops, Clay, Ben just joined, and uh, Brian wrote, It's a huge hole in your life when you just can't do what you love and what makes you sane. That's just something you can't replace. And legitimately, I think it might be the same for both of us. Wrestling was our therapy, it was our like creative kind of outlet. Whereas me and you have had other stuff, but that bell to bell time was like, Oh, this is my time to completely let's just bang this out and let's go. Oh man, like I, I love the art form of putting a match together and working a crowd and like I miss again, I miss it so much. Like how many times can I say it? Well like it's hey, Sally, hey white boy, what's up, man? It's real interesting for you for the fact of like you're not the typical heel, but you're really fucking good at it. I mean, like for me, and I look at it this way, I'm not the best wrestler, and I know that. Like, it's that's cool. I'm, I'm I can accept that. But if you give me a mic and you let me go out and do my thing, I hundred percent will engage that crowd. For how naturally babyface safety Travis is, you're naturally heel. Like you guys are like parallel yeah. of each other. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. I, I love the fact, too, because, like, especially people will, like, look at you and say, like, you're smaller or whatever. And I remember early talks we had on when you were, like, in trunks and amateur shoes. And some people were like, oh, Matt's gear doesn't look good. And I literally told you, I'm like, yo, just get low-cut uh, ankle socks. Like, that's the only thing that people are picking on. Where it's, you tried, you even have some fire new uh, fucking Edge tribute gear that I can't wait to see. Dude, uh, I the last, like, few months i've literally spent almost a grand on gear and just getting things together man like i i can't even say that because like i bought a shirt press and all this stuff too so if we're talking about that we're talking like thousands at this point like I, i'm literally trying my damnness to be at the best possible ability i can be coming back and that's in every form of fashion too fuck yeah and like you're even creating content frequently i saw like you were going on twitch multiple times this week yep Doing the the brand warfare stuff on YouTube, like I, I'm, we're doing the best we possibly can, making all the the movies, the like anything we possibly can to kind of keep ourselves out there and keep ourselves relevant is what we're trying to do right now. 
See, I think like relevancy is completely in the world right now. Just on pause, there is yep. no like literally. If you just for the Ontario Indie Board, that's become more of a podcast promoting board than anything right now. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. What led to you? Because it wasn't wrestling that got you in first. It was you through the podcast. So what got you to the point of fan to doing a podcast? So my cousin Phil would forever bug myself and David and Jake to go to Alpha One. Like he was a frequent goer and he'd like, yo, come check out these indie shows. Like, just do it, man. Like, I promise you, you're going to have a good time. We were those typical assholes. Like, nah, man, indie sucks. Like some backyard assholes just rented a building out, you know, just the typical shit. And so we finally went one time and lo and behold, Phil wasn't even there. <laughs> I love Phil, by the way. I love Phil. He's the best. Um, but yeah, I, I, again, uh, we go to Alpha One. I had a time in my life, um, legitimate, like, fell in love with it. And from then on, I was like, huh, like, the Ontario scene, like, needs more coverage. Like, people need to know more about Ontario independent wrestling. And that, that's not even just Ontario. I feel like it's Canadian independent wrestling. Like, people need to know more about what this country's doing, man. Like, we've got some of the best talents in the world. Like, there, there's no question about it. So, again, that's what it led to. And I was like, let's do it. Like, uh started uh, reaching out to promotions, reaching out to wrestlers. And, like, it was kind of mind-blowing, like, at the beginning, some of the, the people that were popping up. Like, I think in the third or fourth week, we had TJP on, which I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, uh, yeah. one of those guys taking time out to help out at, like, a, a newer podcast. And I always appreciated people like that, too. So, um, it, it was very cool to see how far that went as well like the goals and aspirations grew and grew and like i kept checking things off too which was awesome like i, I look back at the youtube channel still to this day and i'm like wow like some of the people i got to talk to it's insane i used the photo that you uploaded recently to promote this podcast and just that evolution from interviewer to referee to wrestler and like you literally show your work you can see it putting that together like legitimately and it sounds corny as hell but like gave me goosebumps like just seeing Bro, the gear today and i thought in the corner is that in memory of matt grant i was like wait what <laughs> The font matches, too. That's so yeah, true. I looked in the corner. I was like, what? And I was like, oh, the standard background. I was like, I, I swear I'm talking to the kid tonight. I don't think he's dead. <laughs> oh, man, that's fantastic. Uh, so what I, I forget what initially made that transition from podcaster to referee. Was it just like you're a small guy and you're at the show anyways? So here's the fun thing. Um, I went to Steel City to hang out. Um, I actually technically went to Steel City to squash one of those weird indie beefs. I don't know. Um, but so I go down. I'm hanging out, just sitting around, like waiting for the promoter to come up. And all of a sudden, Justin Graves comes running up to me. He's like, have you ever refereed before? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, we need a ref and a ring announcer tonight. And I was like, I've ring announced before. Why don't you just let me ring announce? And they're like, no, I think we're going to have you ref. So they just gave me, like, the baggiest ref shirt. I refed in track pants. It was the most backyard-looking thing ever. But, like, I took that as, like, okay, like, maybe this is the foot in the door I need. So I kind of took it as, like, 
a hobby for the first couple of months. And then Julian, uh, Ethan Page, ended up offering me a position with Alpha One after he kind of started to see me branching out to a few promotions at the time. And that was my, I think, slap in the face, the reality check of like, oh, whoa, like this is a cool opportunity to like work with big names and like get my name out there. So, um, and up until that Alpha One position offer, I think it was kind of, again, like a, a hobby. But once it was like, that was presented to me. I was like, I, I was all in. I, I was really like wanting to be on the road every weekend in terms of refereeing and being on shows and whatnot. I think I remember talking to you when you were in that weird period of asking, hey, do you want to ref on the show and you're still doing the podcast? I, which, by the way, I need to promote that podcast for the fact that you guys did the live commentary. And that yep. was definitely, I don't know how many people did it, but I definitely did it where when I was like Danny Orlando's young boy at Death Proof, I went back and yep. downloaded the podcast and I was listening to what you guys thought because it was a cool way to get insight from other people. But your aspirations were commentary or interviewing and wrestling, yep. not on the wrestling side. When when did that change or is it in the back of your mind you're still finish line working commentary interviewing and now you just get experience as a wrestler also uh so literally that was exactly it for me was like i wanted to fill like not fill as many positions as possible but like be able to play as many roles as i possibly can to help out in any way i can possibly do yeah, learn how uh, many different hats and such. exactly um like i love like I don't know fucking a crazy amount, but like I love helping out new guys in any way possibly can. Like if I can give somebody a tad bit of advice to make them that much better, then cool. Like, and if it doesn't make them better, then cool. But like I love helping new people out. Like I love seeing people succeed. I think that's my favorite thing in wrestling, honestly, is seeing other people succeed other than myself. Like I, it's genuinely like it brings me uh, joy. Um, I, in terms of like playing different hats, like. It started with the the commentary and doing the podcast. I had a couple of ring announcing gigs. Uh, like I did Bust a Knuckle. Uh, I did Steel City a couple of times. Um, and then it transitioned to doing the refereeing and then, again, to wrestling. See you soon, Brian. Uh, he has to go. Uh, always hey, love your photography and as a person. I got to see him at Barry a few weeks ago, so I got real happy. I literally just saw him in the parking lot and I yelled across, I didn't know you were going to be here. <laughs> Dude, I miss him so much. Um, he is such a great human being, and his pictures are top-notch. If you haven't checked him out, check out his Instagram. You can see him below there. At, at Weiss Shot Me, I believe it is. Oh, yes, that's his personal. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, and you want to know, actually, photography in the last, like, two or three years with, like, Andrea, Gigi, Brian, they've all stepped the game up, and I feel yeah. like you were in the period of the referees making them step their game up. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I can definitely, like, I, I want to give myself a definite pat on the back for that, too, because, like, I feel like I got put in many big match situations that I don't think people thought I was prepared for. And then I, not to like pat myself on the back or anything, but I knocked it out of the park. And then people were like, oh, he can be put in these big match situations and not fuck up. Like, that's great. Um, like, there was See, one I think time it's, where- it's less than knocked it out of the park of where you did it, learned, and got better as you went yes. instead yeah. of a steady yeah. decline of unsatisfactory. <laughs> <laughs> and like I can count on like two hands 
referees in Ontario that people are unsatisfied with constantly. And it now we can count immediately off the top of our head five great referees. Which is fantastic. And that's the way it should be. And that's the people you should be putting on your shows. But also go ahead with that example that you had. <laughs> yeah. Um, like to get those big opportunities, um, I literally had like a show with Destiny where like I did a pre-show, I think. And in like the middle of the show, they decided they want a ref bump in the Josh Loki match. And they were like, okay, we're going to send you out there. You're not even going to know the finish. You're just going to, like, just count to three whenever it comes down to it. I'm, like, sitting there, like, Josh, Loki, probably one of the biggest matches I've ever refereed. I don't know what the fuck is going on, and I just got to go out there and not blow it. And I was, like, like, I I tried not to be nervous. Obviously, you're going to be. But, like, man, like, that's such a big opportunity, and, like, I did okay, and I, I, you know, I did my job. It's great. Like, uh, I, I'm, I love being put in those positions. I think high pressure situations are like my key to success, uh, except one in particular, which I'm sure we're going to get into later. <laughs> Let's get into that now. Then I, I'm not sure off the top of my head which example that would be. Oh, okay. See, I wouldn't see that like a big opportunity. It was just like a chance to test yourself. Yeah, so for me, like, I was getting all these matches against, like, HPW students and, like, Rip and, like, you know, just the casual people. You were, like, a top guy, and I was like, man, like, this is a chance. I I feel so weird hearing that. (laughs) Dude, like, it blows my mind. You're talking about, like, my evolution in wrestling, like, to kind of flip the script really quickly and to throw it on you. Like, man, I've seen you grow into literally, like, this guy, like, loner dude in the corner there to, like, you're still that. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, no, you're literally, like, like a dude that everybody looks up to, and rightfully so. You're one of the best dudes on the scene, and you're one of the most talented dudes on the scene. You've put in that work, and there's a reason why people recognize you in that position. And going back to, like, the match in June, like, uh, last June, I think it was, um, I was, like, putting a lot on that of, like, oh, cool, if I have a good match with him, like, you know, maybe people will see it, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's like, I felt like, and I, I, again, this is the first time I've said this publicly, I literally felt like quitting wrestling after that match. Like, I felt like I dropped the ball so fucking hard in that match that I was literally like, huh, maybe this isn't for me. And I've had a couple of those, like, moments yeah. of, like, like, maybe this isn't for me. Like, maybe I should go back to refereeing or, like, you know, doing other shit. But, like, uh, it's so hard not to get in your own head with that type of stuff. I, I totally understand that. And what's funny is because last year I was so fucking busy. And I I always tell people, I'm like, I'm not – because even when you said you're not the best, neither of us have a contract. That's proof that we're not one of the best. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a spectrum and a scale of brand new to being world-traveled and fucking incredible. And it takes time. It might take someone two years. It might take someone 12. There's yeah, that's, no – that's the crazy thing is, like, yeah. And I, I think it's, like, starting to realize that, too, because I've been wrestling for almost four years at this point. I guess you can't really count this year as too much of a year, but, like, it's, like, so looking at that, I'm, like, huh, seeing people that are, like, getting, like, big opportunities, like, one, two, three years in, and I'm, like, sitting here, I'm, like, four years in, I'm, like, what the fuck am I doing? And then sometimes I'm, like, I look at a guy like Eddie Kingston, 
who's been busting his ass for 20 years. I mean, just got his contract this year. So it's like, you kind of have to like trust the process and go with the flow and keep, keep putting in the work. I literally had this thought because I was listening to a podcast and they brought up how like, oh, is AEW pushing like the EVPs too much? Where then you think it's like, but they're legitimately some of the best wrestlers in the fucking world. If they were in the WWE, they would probably have those same counterpart championships. 100%. So just because they have this title doesn't mean anything. It's their ability. And it's not only that. It's the point of they are elevating others as well. Like, you look at the top roster in AEW now of all the champions, and it's like all those guys, for the most part, weren't even names you'd think of when you think of top talent in AEW a year ago. So the fact that they've gone and established all these guys is, like, amazing. And more than, you know, other companies have done in years. Uh, oh, and going back to that match, see, I I think having a not good match that you're able to critique and unfortunately sometimes hate so much that you contemplate quitting wrestling, that those are the great moments because A, how many people would quit at that time? You didn't. And then B, it's literally, you can watch the match back and go, oh, this is where I can improve. And like, no bullshit. What happened in the match was, I asked you earlier on, can you do a reverse Rana? You said, yeah, sure. You didn't fully commit to the reverse Rana. It looked like I killed you and I thought you were severely injured. And you, and when you pinned me, I kicked out. You're like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) yeah, that was the most shoot pin I've ever given. And you kicked out. And, like, I was just concerned about your safety, but then you learned, and I tell younger guys this now when I wrestle them, because so many of them started halfway through to the end of last year. And anytime I wrestled them, I, I told them, do you want to call the match back, or are you good? And sometimes they'd be nervous, and they'd be like, uh, yeah, can we call back? I'm like, yes, absolutely. If you want to call it back a million times, and you'll have it, yes. If someone doesn't want to call a match back to you, they're an asshole. I've gotten to that point where I'm like, I want to go over it 50 times to make sure I have it down, to make sure that we go out there and fucking kill it. I'm I'm a fan of calling most of my match in the back, but also at the same time, I can go out there and I'll probably call stuff on the fly anyways if I'm comfortable enough. But, but it's legitimately that whole just give and take, and I... You don't watch a movie that they improv. There was a script at one point. 100%. For me, and like, I guess this is kind of opening the curtain a little bit, but it's like, I like putting a match together where I have a little bit in the beginning, a little bit in the middle, a little bit in the end. We can fill in the rest. I'm so glad that I am such a simple wrestler now. Like, my finish is a running clothesline. Like, it's so good to be able to not do a bunch of shit. Because at the same time, I just focus on all my little stuff looking good enough and being aggressive. And, like, I have a match coming up with Clay Wilson that's definitely out of the four or five matches I've had during the pandemic. This is my favorite match I've had. I want to go on record and say this right here, right now. I want to wrestle Clay Wilson. I probably posted this like forever ago. He is like at the top of my list in guys in Ontario that I want to wrestle right now. He's like great dude and like such a great talent. He's so good. I told him he needs to get out of Ontario. Yes. 
but I told him not like because I think the bullshit about hopping in the car and traveling to the states doesn't really mean anything. You okay. you do Ontario has so many opportunities that especially last year I consciously took it. This is gonna be my OVW. This is gonna be my developmental year. And then branch off, have developed a reputation and a base here, and be confident enough that when you go down south, you can steal the show. Yeah. Okay. Where, That's a fair point. I, I think for certain people it works. Yeah. I don't yeah. think you have to be in that category of being that certain person for it to work. If you're not in that category, it's it's a no go. Yeah, because what's because even Josh has a Josh Alexander has a story of going to CZW without you and having a match that was so it wasn't that bad when you watch it back, but to Josh's standards, he hates it, and he didn't go across the border for four more years. Yeah, it killed his confidence. Yeah, and but when he went four years later, he was a completely different wrestler. People's minds. Yes. Yeah, and that's exactly. Like what you're attesting to is like, you know, building yourself up before you go over there so that way you are ready for that. Yeah, I just don't think the the old idea of you have to hop in a car and travel with people in the States. Like I do believe that as a younger guy, you should be at every show setting up rings before you have your green light. Just so that you know who's around and it also Paying your dues before you can put a gear bag in your trunk makes you more humble. Yes. Because you can't, if someone offers you, hey, can you wrestle on the show? You go, no, I'm not a wrestler. They don't have gear. <laughs> so it's just like those weird things. I, I do want to bring up the first time me and you and David ever met. Okay. Do you remember when it was? <sighs> I want to say it was a squared circle nope. show. Nope. Nope. Uh, Monday Night uh, Raw. Monday Night <laughs> oh my 2013. god! Twenty thirteen. A while ago. Shit, I forgot about that. Uh, me and David had a conversation. We we're both saying like third or fourth row ringside, and uh, he made a joke during Cameron's match about I think her boyfriend's name was Vinny on Total Divas. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they broke up on last night's episode. And that's, we literally sat, it went, my dad, me, David, you. And you held up like a weekly wrestling podcast sign oh, yeah. Uso's main event taping. And then got it stolen away from me. And I was so hot for the rest of the tape. I was like, why did I save that for Raw? Yep. Get it on live <laughs> At least it did get on the main event show. You got a nice yeah, little screen like, cap. I remember going on main event and being, or, and being like, oh, man, I really hope they didn't like use camera angles to crop it out. <laughs> no, they didn't care enough. No, no, definitely not. Like, those are the weird random things. And then it was at a Squared Circus show a few months later. I was like, oh, hey. By the because I remember I saw your sign and I connected the dots. I was like, oh shit, okay, that's cool. This funny thing about those shows is like, so we live in Hamilton and like we didn't have a car at the time, so literally we were like go training like four hours to and from to Whitby, making that like horrible 20 minute walk in the winter to the venue from the go station. It was with like, banners. Oh man, yeah, carrying everything, all of our equipment, like bags and bags of equipment, just like trying to get to a show and like that venue was beautiful for the record i missed that squared circle venue <laughs> <laughs> so what are some uh, goals you have f- 
for wrestling and for life because you do have a fiance. You have a bunch of pets. <laughs> yeah. So for those who aren't familiar, I have a Pac-Man frog named Frogger. I have a bearded dragon named Spyro. And we just adopted a cat during quarantine named Wheezy. Uh, so, yeah, like, honestly, life-wise, like, um, I guess this is kind of the first time. We got to get a lot of first times on here. Um, I'm putting it out there. Um, my fiance and I were supposed to get married in 2022, um, have, you know, like your typical bigger wedding. Um, but obviously with pandemic and numbers and the uncertainty of the future, we've decided to go forward with a smaller ceremony this year. Um, on the same date, uh, which is our anniversary date, we, we went with uh, January or sorry, uh, July twenty second. Um, so that's going to be uh, going down this year. So that's obviously like one thing. You I'm mean really next year, right? Oh yes, yeah, sorry. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Twenty twenty one got bumped up. Uh, so I'm going to be focusing a lot on that. Um, obviously, with wrestling coming back, I'm hoping to be on as many shows as possible. Um, whether it's singles, whether it's tag team, like realistically, a lot of the focus was on Empire um, last year, but like there has been opportunities that have popped up singles and like, I'm not going to say no to those because I feel like, um, and it kind of goes back to when I was refing. David was kind of taking some singles opportunities too while I was doing this, doing my thing. So like, I think if that opportunity pops up for me to do singles again i'm not going to say no i really do want to focus on the tag and trio stuff like uh last year we ended up bringing i guess it was 20 2019 at this point december 2019 um crystal moon we brought her into empire and we haven't really got a chance to do anything just because between the pandemic and a couple of scheduling issues like it just hasn't worked out so i i really want to make that a focus for this year as well um in terms of like goals like i just want to be the best me i possibly can i just want to keep growing i just want to be on shows i just want to hang out with everybody i just want to like i just want things to go back to the way they were man i miss shows and every weekend like not knowing what city i'm in and not getting any sleep because i got to get up for show the next day like i just want to get back to that routine again man because like legitimately it's heartbreaking to not have shows it's heartbreaking to not have that creative outlet i i think it's affected me personally quite a bit throughout the, the last few months um i've been like I, i'm sure everybody else has been too like battling some depression and you know some anxiety and like it's it's been tough man like for the past almost eight years at this point i've had a show almost every weekend and now like it's literally like almost completely taken out of my life and to realize that and to like to come to terms with that has been really difficult um i think that's why i want to i've been putting all this time in the gym and getting all the gear doing everything i possibly can because like when that starts up again like i want to be ready like i want to go like i want to be on every single show i want to be traveling every single weekend like i want to do everything i possibly can be to uh be the best professional wrestler i can be and the best human i can be too man like I, I think that's very very important to speak about as well with everything that's gone on throughout the pandemic the speaking out stuff and all that like outing the pieces of shit human beings that were involved in wrestling like yep. I, I i think that's very important 
You can be a good professional wrestler, but be a good human being, man. Yeah. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out to Erin, though, because she is so fucking supportive. And I I can see how happy you got after you got with her. Dude, um, I... It legitimately makes me emotional to, like, talk about that. Because, like, I have been through some shit when it comes to relationships and, like, that's like a fucking podcast for another time <laughs> but like to have her come into my life and like the stuff she's seen with my mom like my mom's at the left epileptic um to How see is your mom doing doing right now? to be honest she's doing the best she's been in a while um she like we had a lot of stuff going on just really divulge quickly um my stepdad passed away five years ago. He was an accountant. We had to sell the house that we were living in previously because he had a bunch of unpaid stuff uh, that he kind of left behind. Um, so we sold the house. I think the stress of the house was weighing a lot on her and causing a lot of that stuff. So the fact that we're out of the house now and she's you know, doing her own thing um, has made her a lot happier. But <laughs> getting back to the, the Aaron thing there. Um, I just wanted to just say want because to you are such you a caring person, you helped your mom so fucking much. Oh, I lived with her, like, this is the first year I've ever been on my own, because I I was essentially my mom's caregiver for several years. Um, But, like, breaking out with Aaron, like, I I never imagined finding somebody as amazing and, like, caring as her. Like, genuinely, I I don't think I could find anybody better. Um, She is absolutely incredible she's at every single show she's hanging out hours before the shows like getting to know the wrestlers and wanting to get to know the wrestlers and wanting to get to know the product because she's such a fan of me it's like to find somebody like that to find somebody that that fits me that well has been absolutely incredible and that's why again i I popped a question last year (laughs) well like it's great to see because like i love seeing your relationship i love seeing like pretty ricky's relationship every time i see your girlfriends i'm like oh hey what's up just because i'm like i know you guys have actual supporters that aren't they're at the fucking venue there's no way that they can't support you well the fact that again going back to like she's literally sitting there like hanging out like literally like a wrestler like hanging out like three four hours before a show because like she wanted to come and support me and she knew the only way she was getting there was coming with me and she's willing to take her time out of her day to support me so like again to find somebody like that is i I can't even put into words i i love seeing that's why i wanted to make sure that we gave her her little props and seeing how genuine you were talking about her made me genuinely happy Thanks, man. I honestly like, and that goes back to like how how good of a human you are, like that, that you care about certain things like that. Like a lot of people don't take the the time out of their day to even ask about certain things like that. So the fact that you do again goes back to show how much of a great person you are. See, I was talking to someone about this at work today, where it's, everyone goes through shit. It might be a different spectrum of like tripping over a rock to falling down a cliff and picking yourself up. And you can either take that and be like, fuck the world. Or you can go, okay, everyone has it kind of differently. Talk to everyone with respect. 
and then you find and the piece of the shit. Of the shit and and I'm a good person, but I can be a huge asshole for sure. <laughs> Me too, man. Me too. Like, uh, such a stupid example, but like, I was crossing the street and a person wasn't paying attention. I literally like screamed at the top of my lungs, like, "What the fuck!" <laughs> It's your uh, Robert De Niro uh, Raging Bull moment of just hitting the fucking hood. <laughs> oh, shit. That's so good. <laughs> no, but I love seeing your, like, in uh, involve, fuck, evolution in just, like, life and wrestling for the fact of, like, yeah, you do get better. And, oh, the thing I wanted to bring up was... You brought, I think me and you are very similar for the fact that we like doing things in groups. We like doing it with other people. Hence both of our podcasts where it's, it was you, David, uh, shit, why am I blanking on, uh, on Jake? Cousin Jake, yeah. Because <laughs> I made the joke once to Space Monkey when we were at a friend show. And we knew Matt and David. We knew Matt and David, and then we look up there, and there's a third person. And I look at him, and I'm like, oh, it's Matt Grant, Brother Grant, and Cousin Grant. Like, you guys are like the dumbest voice to me. Oh, man, that's so awesome. Um, but, like, I see your your initiative and, like, how you're full steam ahead. And, like, it's easy for them to follow your lead because your lead is the Kool-Aid man through a fucking brick wall. Like, you're like, yeah, let's do this. Like, the fact that you have a website right now for Empire, that's fucking awesome. I remember I shared that when you first launched. I was like, this is cool. Yeah, like... uh Again, it goes back to being like the best I possibly can be. Like I, I want to invest in myself. I think that's the biggest thing too. Is like the gear, the the new theme song, the new boots, the website, the shirt press. Uh, I could sit here and go on the all the equipment that went in for the streaming. Like we have done a lot of investment uh, investing over the past several months because again, like we want to be the best we possibly can be. But then it does get to a, a point where it becomes you can't always be the one carrying other people. You do need to not lose dead weight, but it's like a caterpillar to a butterfly. It's You need to move forward. And I heard a quote that the journey isn't finding yourself. It's losing everything that wasn't a part of it. Wow. That's no, that's that's a that's a fair quote. Um, and I, I think that's kind of why I talked about like doing like single stuff that popped up. Like I think there's times where I am the one that's pulling most of the weight and that's not to shit on no. him. But Me and I you give 140% when 60% would do. Exactly. Um, and like I'll give him full credit where credit is due. Like, he was the one who came up with the idea for the website. I will take the time and give him credit for that all day. But, like, the amount of time I put in to, you know, making graphics and t-shirt designs and this and that, the editing I used to do for, like, the podcast, the YouTube channel, like, that was a lot of stuff I used to do. And it was, like, and that's honestly one of the main reasons the podcast stopped was because, like, I was time-consuming, man, and I was doing a lot of shows, and just, like, it was hard to keep up with all of it. Like, you know, the 
emailing, the graphics, the actual interviews themselves, and the editing of them. Then there's the video of it. Then there, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. So it's like, in terms of the podcast, in terms of wrestling, like I get times where I'm like, hmm, like maybe I am doing too much, but in the same sense, like that's the way I am. I want to be full force. Which, let's see how we're talking about the team. I'll go to a question that Danielson didn't fully ask, but he referenced. Okay. Please, please tell me you guys are going to go into Osprey stealing Empire and their signature hand gesture. So, I have the worst look in wrestling. Like, <laughs> legitimate worst look in wrestling. So, I started doing the undeniable thing. I dropped the underdog and started doing undeniable. Probably about a month or two later, Tessa Blanchard's like, ah, oh, that's my new moniker. I'm like, oh, sweet, cool, awesome. I'll figure something else out. Uh, undeniable <laughs> to undesirable now. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and then I do the standard. And I'm like, oh, cool, That's like that sounds cool. I made a cool little video for it. Sasha Banks starts calling herself the standard. I'm like, well, fuck me, right? <laughs> <laughs> and now with Osprey, like, I've literally, like, ha- like, it's in the bios for the Empire social media. It's like, we are not the Empire. We're just Empire. And all of a sudden, Will Ospreay starts going with a group, the Empire, doing the hand sign, doing everything. I'm just like, I literally have the worst luck in professional wrestling. Like, I come up with all these things, and then all of a sudden, they just, like, start getting used on TV. And I'm like, well, maybe. <laughs> like, that's, that, that's hilarious, though. In terms of, like that whole thing, like, we've been picked on so much about it, and, like, the amount of tweets I've legitimately seen that people have been, like, tagging us and been like, oh my god, who's this pretty Like, it's way more famous, way more known, way more... Like, come on, like, you really think I'm mad at Will Ospreay for doing that? You really think he knows who the fuck we are? Absolutely not! So, like, the fact that he's doing that, cool, like, We'll just use it as a little bit more gas in the tank for the whole V thing. Like, we'll make shirts. We'll <laughs> make different merchandise. Like, we'll try and be as unique as we possibly can be. <laughs> uh, trust me, I once again, us kind of mirroring each other on our evolution. When uh, Bray Wyatt was doing, or is doing the Fiend stuff. The, I fucking hate people comparing me to that. Because, like... I, I don't see that, to be honest. Well, so everyone goes, oh, because now he has, like, the creepy mask, and he does, like, the split personality. I'm like, there's, I feel like there's only, like, six different character traits in pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And you fall under into, like, if you're a smaller guy, you're either the underdog or you're the shitty loudmouth. If you're Jack, you're either... The meathead. Yeah, you're either a meathead or just, like, really confident. And then if you're, like, a goth guy, you're either goth or you're into the murder and the creepy shit that way. Yep. So I feel like... And also, I believe that even as people, it's not a racial thing. Every single race only has six different body types, like, as if it's a video game. That's so true. I a lot of things in my life now I compare to video games. When I'm calling a match, I'll compare it to like, oh, your power bar is at seventy five percent, mine's at twenty five, and now it's at forty five fifty five. Now it's fifty fifty. But then in my everyday life, I go, oh, all these people I work with are non playable characters to me. 
<laughs> NPCs. <laughs> yeah, they're just side quests that I don't want to do right now. And to be honest, I find that that's a little bit sociopathic to say. And it's definitely rude when you call someone a non-playable character. <laughs> 100%. I didn't realize, though. I, I just say dumb shit. I, I understand that comparison thing and it's just it's like stand-up comedy two comedians can have a similar show just because it's in the ether 100 percent. like the, the, you're gonna have people like there's no originality in wrestling anymore like there hasn't been in a long time it's just you got to make things your own you got to make things you know take a little bit of this a little bit of that and again make it your own and i i think that's what I'm going to do going forward. Like, we're not going to change our names just because of that whole situation. I'm not you going to. You have a domain. You don't need to change your name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've invested way too much time. Like, legitimately, again, I, I'm going to be looking into trying to, like, incorporate, not incorporate, um, uh, copyright the, the whole Empire name. Because, like, I want, again, as much comfortability i guess with that name as possible because of how much investment we put into it over the past couple of years especially the whole empire tag team thing like we've really gone balls to the walls with that with all of our socials and website and everything so um that's that's something i'm working on as well is copywriting that so greg kraus and i know he jumped in here for a minute i don't know if he's still here but he asked how did your feud with kirk uh firm up your decision to become a pro wrestler full-time because you did that interesting like best of series in a few different promotions yeah so when uh so it ended up being uh, i won the young blood title in march uh, i had a couple of defenses i think it was in april and june um i had a really good match with danny orlando at the beginning of my career that like i've looked back on and i like i really really like that match and i miss that dude he's the best but, well's one of the best people i've ever met in my life honestly though like Jesus, can't can't say enough good things about him. Um, going to July, though, um, Warhead came to me with the opportunity of, like, teaming with my brothers and, like, having that match against, uh, it was supposed to be Rip, Justin, and Kurt. Um, but uh, Justin ended up getting hurt, so uh, Von Vertigo ended up putting, uh, filling in the spot. But, like, I remember the opportunity for that match coming up, and I was like, whoa, that's, like, super cool. I never thought I'd even get a chance to team with my brothers. So we did that match. Um, I was champion. And I think Death Proof was going on a hiatus at the time. So we were kind of like, shit, like, I've kind of put this time in with the title. Like, I want to make sure that it stays relevant while Death Proof's not around. So I was like, hmm, like, what could we do? And I, I think, like, we just kind of brainstormed it out of nowhere, David and I. We were like, why don't we do, like, a best of seven? Like, WWP was all about spotlighting the Canadian independent wrestling scene. Why don't we do a best of seven series going across as many promotions as we possibly can? And, you know, uh, spotlight the Death Proof title and spotlight independent wrestling. And he's like, man, that, like, that's a good idea. So we ended up going with that idea. Um, we talked to as many people as we possibly could about getting on board. And, like, going forward with that idea, I think, I don't think it, like, pushed me to become a full-time wrestler. I think it, like, got the, I guess, dream scenario of like us being in a feud against each other like dude me and my brother would literally hang a plastic styrofoam belt from our lights and like burn <laughs> belts to our lights when we were kids like 
this was literally like an absolute dream for us. The fact that we were able to fight over a championship in reality, I guess not, you know what I mean, <laughs> in pro wrestling. Well, from the bedroom uh, to an actual cool. ring. And sure, it was in front of, you know, 100, 200 people, but it's like the fact that we were in front of a live crowd, the fact that we were able to show off what we have been wanting to do literally our entire lives, it's like, I think that was the biggest takeaway from that. Um, we just wanted to spotlight independent wrestling and like we wanted to have that moment against each other. Um, I think the moment that really pushed me to wanting to become a full-time wrestler Yes, I, I will definitely uh, agree with that, Jake. Sorry, I, I see in your comment. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jake Jones came into the chat to shit on our beard, saying his beard will kick the shit out of our beards. Yes, you are a adult, Jake. And I am not high. I am just tired. I didn't even smoke weed after, after work today. I edited a vlog from 2017. I didn't. I, I Say I am, but anyway. <laughs> but it was cool to actually like do that shit with your brother, where it's the young bucks just released their book from the backyards to the big house, where you literally went from the bedroom to having an actual ladder match in front of people. Wild man, like we had a ladder match, we had a couple of hardcore matches, we got to wrestle in like some promotions where we literally watched them grow from the ground up, bury, cross body, like. The fact that we got to wrestle on those shows as green as we were was like such a cool opportunity because, again, being the podcasters, being the referees we were, we got to see those promotions grow. And the fact that we got an opportunity on those shows meant a lot. Um, seeing HPW grow, man, like those shows have been absolutely insane to be a part of. Like the first couple of shows, especially because like a lot of those people are seeing wrestling for the first time. And like, the fact that we were able to be on those shows to like, I guess essentially blow minds for people seeing wrestling for the first time was really cool. Um, I know a lot of that there, there's like a little bit of a weird opinion about those shows. And like, I kind of have those opinions now too, of like, it's a student show, but like, of course it's like an opportunity to present yourself and an opportunity to try things out. But like in the same sense, it's like, it's friends and family. It's not your typical wrestling crowd. Like, sure, like, you have those different wrestling crowds, but, like, I feel like student shows kind of get roped into those awkward scenarios, if you, if you get what I mean. I think there's... HPW is weird for the fact that, A, Rip isn't an asshole, so I don't think you're gonna get... Not better, but more serious if you don't have someone that's a bit of a dick to, like, go, hey, stop fucking around. Because everyone in life needs a uh, hit in the back of the head to straighten up. I can 100% say Ben was that kick in the ass for me. Yeah. Um, doing those cross-body bi-weekly shows, and this is no knock on Ben. In fact, this is, like, praise for Ben. He would, like, every time I come back from that curtain, he'd have criticism. He'd have things for me to get better. and like it made me so much better as a performer, so much more confident as a performer doing those shows. And like, there's, I, I think a big difference between those shows and the HPW shows. Uh, I completely agree with Jake's comment, to be honest with you. It's the masturbation of wrestling shows. It's just the fact that it's public, that if it was like Super Cake does their student shows, but you only know about it if the students sell you a ticket. 
And I, the only thing about HPW, and I remember like the very first show, a bunch of us were there, like, mm-hmm. like sitting at the stairs with Justin saying, Hacker, Del Bruno, Brown, me and Mark, where all of us like Rip. All of us, Hamilton isn't far. Most of them live in Hamilton. Yep. That the only thing would be just don't have trainees wrestle trainees. You need someone to lead. And we were all, and I know we all individually offered a rep. It's like, hey, can we wrestle your students? Because it's also a challenge for us. Yep. I've heard about this for years now that like outside talents have been pushing to be on those shows and to work with newer talents to, again, like you said, better people. And like, I know Rip's very against that. And he has his own perspective. He has his own, own mentality. And like, there's also a lot of students on that show. Yes. No, that's very true. And, like, clearly, like, he's doing something right. Like, you look at guys like BMD. You look at guys like Jake Jones. You look at guys like, um, like, I'm, I'm blanking out for the number now. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, I wasn't going to say that. But, like, Dylan Daniels Corey for some Stone, reason. Mike Forte. Yes. yes, Mike Forte. Huge, huge name. Um, honestly, like. I, I Go think back and watch that. the Instagram live of this for Jake Jones's comments. Is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Yo, the cheese and crackers were the best in the crossbody locker room. I seen that comment and like literally melts. Oh my god! Because I like just started drooling thinking. About it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, HBW is clearly doing something right. Like, there's some talented individuals coming out of there. It's just like there's a different mentality in that school compared to other schools i think in ontario i say that hpw is fancy camp in the best way possible where if you paid like fifteen thousand dollars you can play basketball with michael jordan for a weekend in vegas Mm -hmm. if if you ever wanted to try wrestling you can go to hpw and you know no one's going to take advantage of you no one's going to mentally manipulate you Like, that's, there's way too many trainers in the area that make their trainees feel like shit. Yes. Where it's like, Ben is an older brother. He wants to guide you, and he's an actual coach. And every time I'm at HBW, I get ripped to swear and tell people, don't be a bitch. And that makes me laugh a little bit on the inside. Like, Ben, um... I can't even tell you, like, probably every single show. And this is going back dating to when I was a referee, too. Like, he was giving me big opportunities then. Like, every single show, we'd have probably at least a half an hour sit down to, like, you know, go over, yeah, you know, like, things I could do better and, like, um, graphics and stuff like that as well, obviously. <laughs> but, like, he was always trying to make you improve. He was never tearing you down. He was never being negative. Um, sure, he'd tell you things that would probably suck. He'd tell you things that you probably wouldn't want to hear sometimes, but he's doing it in the kindness of his heart. He's doing he's it. definitely made weaker souls cry. 100%. And rightfully so. Like, if you can't handle it, there's, there's the door. <laughs> <laughs> Good, good. Yeah, you didn't get concussed on that weird thing in the corner. <laughs> uh, Diamond Jim Lowe asked, Matthew has busted his ass and transitioned from fan to commentator to ref to wrestler. Did he face resistance from guys in the locker room? No names necessary in brackets. And how did he overcome that? So I think the biggest backlash I faced in terms of the 
evolution was when I was doing the referee and the wrestler stuff at the same time. Um, there would be Alpha One shows where NSW would run beforehand, and I'd get my ass kicked by Kingdom James on the NSW show at 1 o'clock, and then at 4 o'clock I'm coming out refereeing, taking ref bumps, and being out for fucking 20 minutes. Like, it's... And I totally got the perspective after a while. I think at first I was like, oh, like, I'm getting booked every weekend. Like, leave me alone. Like, But then I was kind of like, no, like, you're right. Like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, why... Where's the believability in me as a wrestler or as a ref if I'm doing both in, like, the span of a couple of hours? Um, And I think that kind of started to set in more and more after a while. You know what? And he said no names necessary, but I think the two people that pop in my head immediately when I think of this are Kurt and Easy Eat. Um, those are two guys that were constantly telling me, like, man, I don't think you should be doing both. Like, you should focus on one and not the other. And uh, admittedly, I, I kind of blew it off for a little bit. But again, like, after a while, it resonated with me. And I was like, maybe they were right. Like, so that, I, I think in terms of backlash, that was the biggest. Um, I don't think I ever really faced, like, besides that, like, I don't really think anybody really ever said anything because of. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because um, I the, think everyone that was good-spirited and cared about you, because I was definitely one of the people also that said you should focus on one. And I, I know I for sure pushed to you focusing on wrestling just because it's more fun and it was clearly what you wanted to do. And you can't be good at two things if you focus on two different things, especially. You got to focus one path, one path forward. Um. And I think I struggled with that for so long of like, I knew I wanted to wrestle full time. I knew I wanted to take that step, but because I had so many like bookings. Yeah. So many confirmed, like great bookings every single month, like alpha one destiny C4. Like I was literally refing for the top companies in Ontario every single month. And I was like, I was so scared to give that up. And it got to a point where I was like, I, I have to. Hi. I miss you. <laughs> Safety Travis popped in. Uh, Jake Jones is saying he should be on this. You can have more than two people on this. But Jake, uh, if you're free, night, can you do three? I think you can. Uh, I I don't want to fuck this up, but I will do an open invitation. That if, if Jake is available next Friday, let's do an Instagram live, buddy. I'm... I'm watching that Friday night book. <laughs> it's going to be the actual Black Bolt podcast where Pretty Ricky doesn't edit anything out. This will be me and him and just Jake going off and me like, oh my God. Actually, so I didn't do my my book review this week that I was going to do, but I did review or I did edit together a vlog that me, San Andreas, Mark Wheeler, and Shane Saver went to Proving Ground Pro outside of Chicago in November 2017. I know and, those guys very well. I used to do podcasts with them all the time. And they, uh, we, I retold the story of how me, BMD, Dylan Daniels, and Jake Jones had a rifle pointed at us at the border crossing once. Jesus, that sounds about right, though. I've I've had my fair share of border experiences. Like <laughs> that's just because Jake couldn't see where the highway exit was and where the fucking they put the trucks to get checked once. 
And also, I was dumb enough to get out of the car when I heard a disembodied voice say, Hey! Hey! I looked, I got out of the car, get the fuck back in the car with the rifle pointed at me. I'm like, oh shit! It was a priest. <laughs> but, uh, that was like, I think some people from the outside, and luckily we're in Ontario, so fucking wrestling... We didn't get called out on the speaking out movement because we've kind of weeded out pieces of shit. And and it's literally, no one was like, oh, no one's going to take you seriously as a wrestler. It's, hey, we know you want to do wrestling. You're getting that opportunity. You don't have enough time in the day to do both. So focus on the one that makes you happier. Yep. No, that's, and that's exactly what it was. And like, I think, as I was coming to an end with my referee stuff, I like was okay with it. Like again, there was a long period of time where I struggled with it, but I was like, nah, man, like I'm, I'm ready to take the step. And that's why in August, like I literally contacted everybody. I was like, sorry guys, like I'm done amending it this specific weekend. I closed out with C4 and a one. It was like the best weekend. And like, I think like, sure. I haven't been booked on as many shows. I haven't had as many opportunities, but like, I've been able to be myself. I've been able to do a lot of things that I didn't think I would have been able to do. And that's because I took that step. And I think as I continue to take that step more, more things are going to pop up. And that, again, it goes back to just doing the work. Because uh, to tag on to that, JD Blue asked, what was the fans, was it hard to get the fans to see you as a wrestler? when you were a uh when you translated um i think just because of my size i think there's always going to be that like sketchiness of like is like is this guy a wrestler because even when like again going back to my retail job i tell people i'm a pro wrestler people like kind of look at me they're like what and like i'll show them videos I'm like holy shit like okay like, this is what you're capable of. Cool. Um, like, I joke around at work all the time. If a customer comes in and gives us attitude, like, I'm going to drop an elbow on them. <laughs> like, I, I, sure, you look at me at first and you're like, huh, like, maybe not. But I, I think that's the part I like the most about wrestling is being able to go in with people having that perspective of me and then being able to walk away and being like, okay, he can go. He can do this. Uh, he can uh you know voice his opinion and like be somebody that we want to hate or be somebody that we want to love be somebody that we want to buy merch off of be somebody that we want to interact with on social media like at the end of the day like i want to go into shows having people have that perspective honestly because i want people to come out of those shows like oh hey like again he can go like he's good uh, we talked about this a little earlier, but this one's a little more specific. Uh, from Justin Gilmet at Gilmet Talks. Yep. Empire is awesome. Just want to ask if COVID stopped today, what do you see for the future of the group? Um, just before COVID uh, kicked in, we were we had like three different tag team titles. Um, David had the internet title. Um, we were like growing as much as we possibly could. Um, and then COVID kicked in. I think honestly, like the goal is to get those belts back. 
Um, Crossbody, like Blake 182, Jackson Stone. I really want that rematch in general. Like, I, I don't even care about the belts. I just want to wrestle those guys every single day of the week. Um, the Courage Tag Titles, um, I'm not going to, like, divulge too much into what plans were or are, but, like, I know we had a TLC match set at one point with Airstrike, and that was something I was extremely looking forward to because those are two guys that, like, I think we have amazing chemistry with. Um, going back to the Peterborough show, literally the last show, actual show before COVID, uh, we had that opening match, and, like, I literally can watch that match and be like, whoa, like, we actually had a good opener match, like, a good match I can look back. I don't watch a lot of my stuff back uh, second, third, fourth time because, like, I don't like my stuff for the most part, but that is a match I can genuinely look back on and be like, yes, like, and it's not a big testament to me. I think, again, it's a big testament to the chemistry that we had between the, the four of us. So uh, I was really looking forward to that. I was really looking forward to the stuff we were doing at PWO with Empire, with Crystal Moon. Like, I think there's a lot of longevity in the group. Um, it's just a matter of the direction that we go with the group. Um, I know Crystal's doing some stuff with uh, Andrew Love and Kyle Brooks with the Fear of the Youth stuff. So, like, there's kind of that intermingle of crossing over there. Um, but I know, like, we've talked with her and, like, we, we want to go full force with the trios and the tag stuff next year. So, uh, if there's Coming a direct. From someone that was in a group that was actually, like, successful, getting the schedule for good talent to be in one place at one time at a certain point is very hard to do so on uh, without a contract saying what your goals for a group is is so hard for the fact that someone could get a contract or someone could move to california and wrestle out there and also jake jones just gave the best review for how he likes you he goes i like matt grant for real though like not call me if you need anything like but like i'll buy you a beer if you pay me back kind of I didn't catch that until now. That's why I kind of smirked while you're saying that. I was like, "Oh, holy shit, that's amazing!" I love you, Jake. You're the best. Um, yeah, like Empire isn't done yet. You bought a domain. No, oh fuck, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, I talked about freaking copywriting the damn name. I hope we're not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> you become the one man Empire tag team. What is this? He Slater. <laughs> Speaking of David's uh, internet championship, though, or former championship, yeah, Wade, yeah. Wade Allen asks, oh, who's God. the new uh, PWO champion? Don't worry. Uh, most fun interview match you refed and fun match you wrestled. And yes, Death Squad was good, too. And it's unfortunate that your tag partner quit wrestling. It is like I that was another team we had great chemistry with. We were literally going around Ontario and doing like a bunch of matches with. But Dylan Daniels taught me how to get weed no matter what city you're in. You ask the server at a bar or a, at a fucking restaurant. And it's worked for me. And I even started dating the server in Barry over Canada Day weekend. So Dylan Daniels is always in a good place in my heart. Amazing. Um, he. Gave me a V trigger to the eye, and the first time I ever met my fiance's parents, I had a black eye bleeding. So that was my memory of Dylan Daniels. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I kind of forgot the the point of the uh, favorite favorite interview you had. Yes, favorite wait, match um, you first of all, I want to 
kind of break kayfabe for a second. That dude has been busting his ass for the past couple of years. The fact that he is the internet champion, tip the cat. I genuinely believe he deserves it. I told him then, and I'll say it right here, right now. He is a great dude, and he deserves that championship 100%. Um, it's guys like me and you that see that hustle, and we're yeah. not like, oh, yeah, he's just one of the guys that sets up. It's like, no, we no, see man. the people that show up to set up that don't do shit. And mm-hmm. the fact that Wade actually cares enough and he works hard every chance he gets an opportunity. And like he, I think all three of us fall under that group of yep. the reason I say don't just hop in a car is because you're nobody at that point. No one's going to look at you and be like, oh, we need you on this show. But then once you wrestle and you show that you're serious, that's when people are like, ooh, yes, Jake Jones is a stereotypical. Oh, he's a wrestler. Where we all fall under, like, okay, the Wag Tang, uh, the Wag Tang group. Oh, he's just saying he likes Wade. Everyone loves Wade. That's the all the support that he got when he won that title from fans. I saw sharing Dude, photos of him. I was like, fuck yes. And I even like texted him. I was like, you belong here, and I'm happy you feel accepted because I've loved you since day one. I genuinely gave him a hug that day and said, "Love you, buddy." Like he deserved it, hundred percent. I. I I can't say enough good things about that moment. That was a great moment for him. And I, I I wish it was in front of a crowd. That's the only thing I can say about that. I think that moment would have been so much better in front of a crowd. I'm very happy for Wade. But Me favorite match you back, had, Rift and I'm so interview. sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, favorite interview, I would have to say, would be Kenny Omega. Um, the fact that I, that I can even say that even happened blows my mind. Um, the, the only reason I won't say Kurt Angle is because it was like a minute and a half interview that George like rushed together for me on the spot. Which again, it was cool. It is what it is. But this Kenny Omega interview was like twenty five minutes, and like it was in Ring of Honor. It was something we were like working towards so fucking hard. Like we were emailing them constantly when they were in Toronto, uh, trying to get interviews with the talent, and they were constantly either like making up excuses or just didn't have the time for it. Um, but then we finally got the acceptance. We get there late. We get in, we go into the media room and there's a bunch of people sitting around. And then I kind of looked over and seen Kenny and like David and I looked at each other. We're like, are we going to be able to pull this off? And he's like, I don't know. And then, so it happened. And after it happened, I, the funny thing is, uh, as we were doing the interview, Rip runs in and he's like, we need Kenny like for meet and greet. I looked back on being the elite that week and they literally like kind of mentioned it of like, Kenny was taking forever doing podcast interviews. I was like, oh shit. Um, <laughs> but like that to me will definitely be the top of the spectrum for me um, was getting Kenny. I, I think how cool he was and the fact that he gave us that much time was something I'll never forget. Um, in terms of favorite match, there is so much talent I got to work with in Alpha 1. <laughs> Once again, go back to the Instagram Live to uh, see Jake's commentary on uh, the unofficial uh, third man on this uh, podcast. Oh, for real? Oh, my God. That killed me. Um, my favorite match I've ever read a lot of, like, great What's up, Chops? How you doing, James? Hey! 
it's literally the best fan in Ontario. No, no doubt. He's proved that if I wasn't a wrestler, I'd still be going to a shit ton of shows because I see his schedule and his schedule is busier than some wrestlers. But busier than most, let's be real here. Um, <laughs> yeah, favorite match I've ever refed. Um, for some reason, and I'm sure I'm going to change my mind later on, but I think the one that stands out to me is I'll, I'll give a couple. Um, the first being Josh versus Eddie Kingston in St. Catharines. I remember them just beating the absolute shit out of each other in front of a crowd that did not give a fuck, and that sucked. But it was a great match. Um, another one that I remember is uh, MJF versus Ethan Page, the dog color match. Um, there was a lot of build for that match, and that's one thing that Ethan Page does very well is storytelling. Um, there was a tremendous amount of build for that match, though the fact that I got to be involved in that match was awesome. Um, and then, oh man, I'm stuck on a third. Um, I think I, I gotta go to that, like, that run-in with Josh Alexander and Loki. Like, just, like, when I ran in, in the atmosphere, and, like, that building is so special. I'm so happy. Uh, big shout-out to PC and uh, Raji, uh, the new owners of Battle Arts Academy, because I love that place. Um, Literally, like, that venue is, and not even just the venue, but, like, the facility is unreal. Um, and running shows in that building, especially when it's jam-packed, the way Destiny used to do those shows, like, I don't think, besides C4, I don't think there was an atmosphere like that in Ontario. So, I think, like, with the names that were in that match, and, like, just the moment of that, that that's got to be up there as well. And favorite match you've had? Wow. Um, the match that's standing out in my head, and I technically won match of the year uh, from PWO from it, is the match with Justin Sane in the second round of the Iron Cup. Um, was that the one where you took the nasty Alabama slam? Yeah, yeah. That's that's like one of the main reasons it stands out, just because like for me, like I like moments being created in wrestling. Um, yes, you know what? Actually, Smash, in the, like, the peak Smash years, had that same vibe as well. I will agree with that. Um, but... Going back to the match, um, the Justin match had that big moment. I'm all about creating moments, and I think that's, like, huge for me. The other thing, and I think it's so big because it was not only a title win, but it was the first babyface title win, and that was crossbody. Um, the buildup, again, with the, the Dirty Vets, um, and the fact that we got to do it there and actually celebrate it, because like everywhere else, we were heels. So like we won the belts, and we just skidded away like some assholes. Here, we got to literally like embrace the moment of, like, holy shit, we're brothers, we're tag team champions, we did it. Like in front of like this incredible crowd and incredible locker room of like people that we've literally grown for the past several years in run of like i i think those two moments in particular will always stand out to me as favorite ones uh, i think that's the fun part that's the fun part about crossbody it's like including jake we all won titles there and it was like like i won a title as a heel 
and I got a you deserve it chant. And then Jake literally cut a genuine promo of how the Special Olympics means to him. And I know for sure that changed the booking of that match. Dude, I 100% know that as well. Like, that day, I'm pretty sure Ben didn't even want Jake to know he was winning the belt for a while. Well, he also didn't know Jake was going to win the belt until Jake put up this great promo that tore out everyone's heartstrings. So true. <laughs> so, like, the fact... I love Crossbody for... I always said it was, like, a studio taping, so we've all had these moments of fucking... You earned it. Even if you're a bad guy, there's a good storytelling, and thank you, Ben, for the opportunity that you've given Dude, us. like, honestly, like, I... I... Cannot say enough good things about him and Tid. Tid, man, like, if they didn't take the time to invest in us in terms of storylines, in terms of wanting to put us on their shows, um, we wouldn't be near as confident as we are right now um, as performers. Uh, and they, they were a huge, huge, huge part of that, um, especially for Empire in particular. Uh with the bi-weekly shows, with the, the big matches we were getting. Like, Crossbody is, like, home for us. I, I love that their slogan was building better wrestlers when they started in 2014. Mm-hmm. But with the bi-weekly, the showcase shows, they've legitimately built a better better wrestlers and built a better scene because of it. Oh, yeah. Like, the fact that... and it pisses me off that people weren't taking advantage of those shows as much as they should have been honestly like yeah that that first year i talked to ben and ben gets irritated every now and then when he goes like why aren't these guys fucking reaching out it's like because wrestlers are cynical where they're like oh i'm not asked that to be a, i'm not asked to be a part of it so it's not going to be successful as a part as yep. opposed to taking a risk taking a chance and being one of the first people on the ground floor it's so yep. easy to hop on board when something's hot Try to do it when it's not. Yep. And I, and that's the coolest thing about Crossbody in that moment going back to winning the tag titles there is literally going from like podcaster to referee to wrestler to winning a championship and being the top tag team in that division. Jake, go enjoy your uh, ironing your dad, your dad's sweaters. I will talk to you soon. Let me know if you're free next Friday night for an Instagram live. Uh, Love you, Jake. James came in with one question uh, late. No. Knowing what you know now as a wrestler, what would you do? Would you do anything different when you first started? Honestly, no. I think um, the path I took, uh, you know what? I'm going to switch my answer on that. I'm going to switch my answer. I would change something, and that would be the gear. The gear that I started with. Um, See, I, don't, I think that's all in the journey. You don't find yourself until, you know, if you don't have those struggles. That's that's very true, but I think for a while, because like I transitioned back to the jeans, I was looked at as like a lower tier wrestler. If I kind of like, I, and again going back to like I know it's part of the journey, but like I think if I took the step sooner to invest in myself a little bit more, people would have kind of maybe invested in me a little bit sooner. If that makes sense, um, but. And I think as well, like, traveling a little bit more, like, um, towards the ending of the pandemic, I kind of mentioned, like, not wanting to be around to the end of shows, to want to go get time with my fiance. I think I kind of got complacent. Yeah. 
Um, and I kind of c- can even say that a little bit right now. Um, like, I'm not training, I think, as much as I probably should be. Um, yeah, sure, I'm in the gym working out, but, like, I want to be back at, you know, uh, training, getting ring time, like, being a better wrestler, developing different moves, doing different stuff. Um, <laughs> fucking Jake, man. Um, I think... <sighs> He did. Uh, he did dig on himself, though. He did say he's just gonna watch quietly like a cuck, and then oh, I didn't to even catch that. One. Yeah. he'll he'll grab he'll dig at himself also. So it's a full circle. Um. Yeah. Like, it's all part of the journey at the end of the day. But there's there's certain little things that I I look back on. I'm like, huh, maybe I like if I would have done this a little bit differently, people would have taken me a little bit more seriously. But again, it's all part of the journey, and I think like. Learning from that and not dwelling on it is the best thing. See, because I look at your journey and the fact that you've never, like, faltered or, like, burnt a bridge or anything. Like, the fact that you even brought up, like, the match we had that almost made you want to quit wrestling, where it's literally, I, you see me as a top guy. I don't see it that way. I'm, I'm very much, like, I'm just trying to be the best me I can be. But the fact that... If I was a dick that saw myself as a top guy, that went, yeah, you should quit the business. Where my fucking, my first priority was like, are you okay? Yep. So it's that just different mindset. And like, gear is super simple, but like, your gear is fucking great right now that when you come back, everyone else that, there are people getting new gear right now. And I will honestly admit, the quality isn't good. <laughs> I get, but, I've seen a couple of pairs and I've been like, ah, like, there's a reason why I went with who I went with to get it yes. done properly. Hey, convenience is uh, convenience and cheap equals convenient and cheap. And yep. like, there's a lot of conversations. Like, I notice a bunch of stuff. Everyone's posting shit where I just look at them like, I could private message you and say, you're dumb for doing this or why thinking this. But these are in-person conversations to have. Like, there's no reason right now that if I see someone like, Travis Moore's original gear, where one of the O's are right over his asshole. It's kind oh of. Oh my God. Yes. But then now I'm looking at it and I'm, and I'm just like, oh, he, he, it looks interesting, but I need to see it in person to see how it actually looks. And Jake yeah. is telling you to name your gear maker. Yes. Um, I kind of wanted to go into a quick tangent. Like the reason why I didn't get gear for the longest period of time I, after the weeds was because like my first pair and like david's first pair were done by somebody who did them really shit like did a really the shit job were them. falling off yeah like literally like horribly done so we were like why are we gonna invest money and time into this for that to be the result um seductions um uh, made my new edge tights uh sure maybe a little bit pricier than probably people would want to pay for but guess what you pay for quality folks um and then gato seductions guys too uh lisa's great and then gato rojo actually made my other pair of tights the the black tights with the grant and the empire on the the side like honestly like gear makers are very very hard to find in this area um and i think that was going back to the gear thing like the biggest part of the gear was finding somebody who was credible Like, that's just, like, the great part about 
or right now on social media, there's like main event gear. There's a bunch of other people making gear, but then also guys on TV are getting their gear made from them, and then it gets backed up. You're not a priority. Yep. And the amount it's, of David wanted to get Buddy Murphy, like short, legitimate Buddy Murphy shorts done by main event gear because they did his shorts, yeah. and he emailed them, never heard back. Like, it's so hard to find a credible gear maker that like when you find one that's why like i wanted to get the edge gear done because i knew they were good i've seen how much gear they've done for people around here so i was like i was willing to take a risk for them to do that and they did a great fucking job so the last question's a little bit long-winded i don't know if you saw it on instagram from tim malone the second uh, no i didn't okay so it's gonna be a long one Okay. With with platforms like uh, Coffee and Patreon, there is now a real incentive for individuals to do what's best for them to get money at the expense of everyone and everything else in wrestling. How should that be navigated? How do promoters and bookers use that to their advantage? And then secondly, as a concert promoter, Tim, uh, I believe many indies do a, po- do a poor job of promoting their talents in a way that will make people have to see them. Are you satisfied with how you are promoting and companies you work? What do you think are key factors in promoting talent in this new age? So we'll go to the promoting side after, but what's your view on using like crowdfunding services like Patreon? Like full disclosure, I'm doing my Patreon January 1st. So I'm putting it public. Me too, Me too actually. <laughs> so what is your view on like how to use it and even in his thing he says at the expense of everyone and everything else and i don't think he follows me but he follows uh kingdom and i okay. i know that he's one of kingdom's uh patrons too okay. so i don't see it as the expense i'll say my point of view first and then you can kind of tag on to it sure. yeah absolutely. i i don't have a new shirt every month every two months i maybe have two new shirts a year maybe three and that's because i care about what it looks like and it's not a thrown together design that gets my uh that just puts my face on the t-shirt i'm trying to think of something i'll either see a different shirt and go oh that's cool what if i modified it this way like in real life in a mall not so much in wrestling and then i'm like oh it'd be cute to have funko pops as holden albright Oh, that was, that was such a cool design. <laughs> so, like, I care about that, and then I see Patreon as the way I'm using it. I feel I bombard social media with, like, oh, new podcast, I do this, I'm doing whatever. And I'm like, oh, I want to do stuff. And I'm very open on my podcast, unfortunately. But it leads to a better connection with my supporters and fans. And I'd rather put, it's not so much a paywall, but it's a way of me going, okay, you guys care enough to put your money where your mouth is. And me and you are also members of actual Patreons. So we're, we are types of guys that put money where our mouth is and pay for that content too. So it's, it's that different way of why is it okay for someone to buy a shitty t-shirt with your face on it? but not ask for five or 10 bucks a month. If you enjoy this content and you get a direct line of uh, messaging, you get exclusive content that we wouldn't post other places. Connect. Oh shit.
Can you guys still hear me? Jake, are you there? Ah, oh, I disconnected. Fuck. God damn it. Hi, Jake. Oh, hey, how's it going? It's weird that you call me. Uh, <laughs> it's a... Uh, I, I don't know which one of us disconnected. I think they're okay. So Matt, oh man, my caller's super weird. I didn't know what's going on. Uh, there we go. That's good. <laughs> uh, a quick hello there. Okay, I think Matt joined back up. I think there's just an internet hiccup. How are you this evening? Well, I'm always good. <laughs> Friday, <laughs> Friday's my time to shine. Would you say Friday, am I drinking Friday vodka? nine o'clock? Am I drinking vodka by myself? No. That'd be, oh, that'd okay. Be you want to have some orange juice <laughs> vodka with me next Friday night? Uh, too many carbs. No, I'll do it. Yeah, sure. I'll drink whatever with vodka. All right, cool. I'm going to have Matt join us again. Thank you for stopping at your commentary today. Fuck. I think I think most of the people watching will, will ask for me to come back on, but that's cool. I'll just stand by. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> uh, ah, shit. There it is. Uh, there. Boom. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Whoa, I'm back. Okay, okay. At least, like, we had Jake come in for a second. And next week, I, I, see that, I died. <laughs> next week will be uh, Jake and Albright's uh, vodka happy hours. The ratings just went up. Now they just went back down. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I see Patreon as you get it. You put your money where your mouth is. And if you feel okay selling <laughs> shitty shirts and photos that are $9 more than it costs you to print, it's okay for Patreon. It's not taking advantage. You pay for exclusive content. How do you see yep. it? I completely agree with you. Um, like for the longest period of time when it came to merchandise, like I'll, I'll admit it, I was slapping shit together just to kind of put shit out there. Like, especially with the podcast, we were just kind of like doing whatever we could to kind of like throw shit out there. Um, now, especially, and like, I want to give a shout out where shout outs are due major wrestling figure podcast. Yep. Those guys, man, like, holy shit. Like, first the toy drive that they just did, like, unreal. The fact that they raised or got that many toys for charity. But, like, the point I'm trying to... Jake's oh fucking my. comment. Yep, I'm... <laughs> I need a second. <laughs> he did say that he'd post a dick pic on Patreon. Actually, earlier this week before I went to work at like 1 a.m., I was trying to convince Sway Archer to start an OnlyFans. <laughs> he keeps posting Thirst Trap gray sweatpants photos. I'm like, bro, either just show the dick on the main timeline. He has like 400 followers. You'll get 1,000 followers or start an OnlyFans. You'll make some money. What are you looking for? You're either looking for clout or money. So either show the dick or have people pay 50 bucks a month to... For show the, the dick or get the tip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, like we're both patrons of that. We were on the Facebook group and like you see that community and like the hustle that they put into it and... Bro's Every week those fucking... guys are coming out with like the most ridiculous merchandise, but yeah. like it's it's so creative. Like I bought fucking silver ball ornaments yep. that cost me like an arm and a leg because I was so invested in that podcast. Like it is incredible. Like 
if you take the time and the effort, I, I not only to believe in yourself, but to believe in a brand and a, again, like we've been talking about this pretty much this entire podcast, go full force with it. People will believe in you. And, I, and that's exactly what they've done, man. Like going from getting fired to building this like legitimate empire that is the major wrestling figure podcast. Like they've been able to do live shows. They've been able to do like all these different unique opportunities because they have that podcast. And they also did it when they were still employed by the WWE because mm-hmm. it was like a side mm-hmm. hustle they did where a lot of people's goals, mine is not, uh, is to go to the WWE because they're like, oh, it's the biggest thing. Where it's like, yeah, I I don't want to go somewhere where I'm more constricted than anywhere in my life. So, nope. no, I'm okay. Honestly, like, the creativeness I have would be, like, so impacted on going there. Like, if the opportunity ever popped up. And, like, I think, for me, wrestling, that's the biggest thing is the creative outlet. So, to have that taken away from me is something I would never want. And, again, like you said, that's not a goal of mine either. So it's very much similar. Like the Patreon is just another way to, it's the same as a t-shirt. It's the same as merch. Yes. And the other part of, do you believe that most indie companies don't uh, promote their talent as must see enough? Um, this is a very interesting question. Um, I have a couple different perspectives on it and I think it kind of changes when it comes to the company. Like, I look and I completely forgot to do this earlier when we were talking about people like uh, Gigi and Brian and like people that are bettering the scene with uh, photography and whatnot. Videography as well is a huge thing uh, when it comes to the scene. And I wanted to shout out Travis, uh, Savage Photography, Savage Productions. Um, He's like doing incredible stuff for a lot of the the content around like NSW and PWO. Um, I I think like that is a huge, huge thing. there's a lot of companies that don't invest in their videography and their graphic design. And it just ends up making the product look like shit. Like I've literally had match graphics given to me where I I literally didn't want to share them because they looked like garbage. And it's like, in that sense, like, yeah, maybe if you would take, the extra couple of bucks to pay somebody to make your graphics look that much better people would maybe see the wrestlers as a bigger thing and i'm not saying it's just the graphics that attest to that either well i look at it the fact that me and you have a different perspective for the fact that you have designed a bunch of graphics for companies in the area so if Mm -hmm. you're saying people need to like not up their quality but like bring your standard up like it's literally uh <laughs> jeff duke yeah that's a name that i didn't uh remember uh it's you're doing that and then me with go hard pro the, the most expensive person in that production was the production crew because i grabbed ryan from buzz media who does crossbody and yep. i know that the standard was high i brought it i'm like i most match graphics to me are boring so i'm like uh fuck this what's oh. the what's the point and, and all you the invested my match- money into jimmy to make yeah. that cool ass poster like and all the match graphics are also like that style of holiday greeting cards so like it's gonna be a constant theme of it's cool it's different boo nanners is great for she's the one that designed all of my shirts 
Yes. Yeah. No, actually she designed some early WWP stuff too. Like she's awesome, man. Um, it, and the it, WWP it, stuff was good, by the way. I even reshared it. Chris Masters posted a video of him still wearing one of your Yeah, shirts. yeah. No, there were some designs we dropped that were great, but I think the earlier designs, we were just, like, chilling out shit. Um, yeah, like, going back to, the, like, the production and, like, the, the quality, like, I, I think that's a huge, huge part of how wrestlers are presented. Like, sure, like, the in-ring aspect is very important, too, but, like, if you're walking into a... um let's say a gymnasium that hasn't been done anything with. It just looks like a gymnasium. You just threw a gym or sorry, a ring in the middle of the gym and you have a couple of chairs around, you have a wrestling show. And then you've got people that sure have the ring buy this, buy that, buy lights, buy curtains, buy, you know, make that extra step for fuck's sakes to stand out to make those performers look that much better there is companies that are doing that but there is a lot of companies that are not doing that and it even goes back to like wrestlers sending out footage to get booked on different shows if you're sending footage out from shows that look like they were filmed on a fucking 240p camera in the middle of buttfuck nowhere you really think somebody's going to take you seriously no if you've got a a 4K shot match that looks incredible. I'm, I'm guarantee you, guarantee you, you, the chances of you getting booked are going drastically up. It's, it's just, it's. There's also, I'm definitely not that type of wrestler because I just, I wrestle for my payday, not for the audience. So sure. I don't care if there's five or five hundred people there. But yep. there are, and some of them are my best friends. Where if it is a smaller crowd, they're not going to wrestle as hard, and yep. then. It's literally, yep. oh, well, I'm not going to get footage of this, so what's the point where I I record my footage so I can watch myself back, and I was always, like, the camcorder on a fucking... I, I adapted that from you, dude, straight up. Like, I, and, I started recording all my matches because I seen you doing it, and because I seen you getting better, because, you know, like, adapting stuff from people I look up to to make myself better. It's literally all of those things of... Everything will work better if you give people reasons to work better. And also, apparently, on Jake Heavyweight to Jones, home porn is in 4K. Available on his Patreon. Message him for details. That's some serious, serious money heading your way, Jake. But if any any promoters listen to this and they're like, I notice the wrestling talent doesn't wrestle as good for me and my Hamilton promotion as they do for another Hamilton promotion, you have to look. A, why are you booking people that are like that? You, there's enough yes. talent of you shouldn't have to book everyone. There, it's awesome for the fact that there's so many shows, but also there's so many opportunities. Like, I was thinking, yeah. I'm tired of seeing the same fucking matches from the same couple friends. And I'm just like, for Go Hard Pro next year, I'm only going to have original matches. And if I find out someone had that match, I'm legitimately, unless... I won't lie, there will be some matches where I was even jokingly DMing Justin Sane the other day because I reshared a photo of us wrestling. And he's like, because I always love every time we wrestle, we get better. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, we got to do it next year soon. And I was like, yeah, I'll fucking book it if I have to. And it's legitimately in that essence of if a match is good, yeah. But if you're just wrestling your friend because you're refusing to wrestle some other people, get the fuck out of wrestling. Yep. 
I love yep. wrestling people that aren't good because then I get a challenge of wrestling uh, oh. and having a good match. For me, I think the, that first opportunity came for us uh, at one of the HBW shows. We wrestled uh, Gato Rojo and Gunnar Lang. And, like, we kind of got to be, like, the lead of the tag match of, like, you know, bringing a newer team through a match. And it was, like, whoa, like, getting that perspective and, like, being able to help a newer team out. Like, we we got to do a lot of different stuff, too. Like, it helped us out, too, because we got to try some different stuff out that we hadn't tried out before, like, with the comedy aspect of things. So, like, I, I think at the end of the day, like, no matter who you're working with, you can learn something. Yeah. People just don't want to work hard. And very much like how you said, yep. go full force. It's Yep. I one of the taglines for Go Hard Pro next year is literally, and I already have the t shirt design, it's effort over talent. Talent comes and go. And also when I wrestle like younger guys in wrestling, I don't want the top student. I want don't want the second student. I mm-hmm. want the three, four, five. Because I know yep. when I wrestle them, it's gonna mean more. And like You I, know the fucking potentials there too. Yeah, like, I will kind of name names. And, like, Tyler Arrow's a guy that he's getting enough credit and stuff, but he doesn't really travel outside of a small bubble. Right. And if you're a big fish in a small pond, and then you're bitter because you're not getting booked other places, maybe you should go set up the fucking ring. Maybe you should shake people's hands. Because just because the 10 people in Hamilton know who you are and they're booking you, that doesn't mean like if James Weber doesn't really know who you are, then you uh, there's a fucking un- problem. <laughs> yeah. So it's you do need to do that. And I'm I can say this because I my actions match my intentions. I yep. I don't say oh if you follow my lead, it's because you saw me setting up my camera. I never told you to set up your camera to watch your matches. Mm-hmm. It's oh how did these people and it's the reason I read all these fucking books. How do these people get better? Oh they took an effort to make that. And it's real easy that when you're the top student to be like, man, I'm really good at this. Whereas if you're three, four, five, you're struggling and you can't do an up and over, you can't do this. It's literally, I've loved all my matches with Jake for the fact that we got to put story stuff into it. Like I loved my time in NSW, which I hope it's not over yet. COVID's a weird time, but everything yeah, I did for, in NSW. Same here, man. Like, we haven't been in SW in almost a year now. Like, I, I hope we get to do some stuff with them soon, too. That's okay. So, do you fall under this where it's we see a bunch of shows happening and we're not on all of the shows, we're on one or two, and you kind of feel left out, but then you also have to realize it's COVID, dude. Like, I have, I, I will literally name drop a name, Brad Myers. I literally had this exact conversation with him. A little while ago of like man like i feel like really down that i'm not being considered for these shows and i'm kind of like no there's a fucking pandemic going on there's only so many opportunities that can pop up like i don't know if you want to throw it out there but you were going to have an extra match on your show yeah and like you included quite a few of us and like it was like hey like you know that opportunity was put out there and then uh, uh, we talked about it earlier you know things changed and that unfortunately went away but it was like that's something that popped up right it's like you never really know yeah and you just it's that perspective thing if everyone's like Mm -hmm. i'm having a john greed put up a podcast this week and it's probably like the most emotional solo podcast that anyone's put up in ontario but it's the perfect example to be honest the fact that you said this the fact that i love greed i'm gonna have to literally go listen to this after we're done but and it's it's like 30 minutes, and he's just real open and honest, and he literally uses okay. it for audio therapy. But 
it's the perfect example of when you're feeling down and you're negative and I consider when you get depressed and you want to isolate, it's right before my cat died of kidney failure. He was hiding away in the basement. And I even said like, he's, he's trying, he's waiting to die. That's what he's doing. That's what animals do when they die. They go to a corner and just try to hide. And what's so, what's such a good example in Greece thing is he starts so miserable. He's listening to all these bad things that have happened this year. And then at the end, there's a couple people that are strangers to him, but helped him. And he's like, there are good people in the world. And that's where it's fucking like getting a tattoo. We both have tattoos. It's annoying when you're getting it and you're being stabbed by a needle. But then you have this <laughs> cool artwork afterwards where yeah. it's literally that pain. You deal with it and you go through it. And the only way to get better is to admit it. And once you get those negative thoughts out, that leaves room for positive and good things to come in because... There aren't, it's real, someone said, oh, it's easy to be nice. No, it's not. It's real easy to be fucking mean. It's real yes, easy it to yeah, yeah. share a shitty independent spot. To be bitter, to be fucking yeah. negative. And it's it's funny to be that angry video game nerd or anything. It's hard to be positive. It's hard to be fucking optimistic. So fucking, especially right now. Yeah, so it's so hard. But in that inner, in that podcast I agreed put up, he posted uh and I think I'm doing an Instagram live with him Sunday in the afternoon. Not too sure yet when. But it's by the end of it, him getting happy and understanding good things. It's that's that's why if you feel like shit, don't keep it inside because that's gonna make it could lead to suicide. It could lead to you just removing yourself from from family and stuff where it's you need to let those thoughts out. And that's where friendships get a little weird where you're like, I don't like this stuff about you, but you're not saying it and the other person's so they don't know this at all because it's all in your fucking head. Nobody's a fucking mind reader. Uh, I, I've done magic before, so that is 100% true. <laughs> um, like, I put out a couple of tweets where I've been like, you know, I'm thankful to have a roof over my head. I'm thankful to have food on my table, to have a wonderful fiance, pets, all this stuff. And I'm like, and then I'll get messages of like, hey, like, you good? And I'm like, like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, like, I'm good. But like, you know, sometimes I just kind of have like the reassurance of like, I have things a lot better than a lot of people do. And I, I think you kind of have to take that into perspective when you're going through those times. Yes, Jake Jones, you can do stand up at uh, the first Go Hard Pro show next year. Solid. This, this, has been, this has been a great chat. We've talked for over like an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, I know, literally, uh, when that uh, the little break there, I kind of went out, and my fiance is like, "Holy shit! Like you guys have been talking for a while." <laughs> I am. I I will take credit to being the uh, the Joe Rogan of the area. It's long ass podcast now, and fucking, I'm dumb. I don't actually know stuff. I just like talking to my friends. Dude, I I really enjoyed the fact that you even contacted me for it. So like, thank you so much for even taking the time out and like taking this time to chat uh plug all of your stuff right now for anyone uh i will also do a proper intro after this is done i'm actually gonna upload this podcast before i go to work tonight so it's gonna be up real quick oh hell yeah um uh at matthew grant first season four that's one thing about me all my social media is the same so you can follow me on facebook twitter instagram twitch all that fun stuff at matthew smart, grant first man. Season smart man yes uh empire tag team same thing Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. You can find us all on that. EmpireTagTeam.ca. Everything Empire-related is on there, whether it's match history, theme songs, uh, merchandise, anything you need Empire-related is uh, available via that website. Perfect. Thank you very much, Matt. Dude, thank you so much.
Take care. Happy holidays. Stay safe, sane, and healthy. Yes, you too as well. And hopefully I get to see you soon, man. Hell yeah. Have a good one. Take care. Yeah, let's go. I'ma make a couple stacks, do exactly what I want to Mix a couple tracks, get a lady that I'm drawn to Turn up to the max, get me faded till I'm gone, dude I do what I want, couldn't stop me if you wanted to I just work hard, yeah, harder than the rest Some people say I'm lucky, others saying that I'm blessed But I keep my head down, cause I crave progress You ain't never gonna stop me, cause it's my conquest And I'm never gonna rest, yeah and y'all don't know that I'm a soldier I always felt like I'm a loner When everybody thinks they know ya And y'all don't even know I own ya And now I'm ready taking over Cause every day I'm getting closer Just look at everything I'll show ya And now I'm ready, I'm a blower Type to take no for an answer. I don't deal with people that are like a cancer. No, instead I hang with the people that enhance ya. And I'm not the type to give out second chances. I just wanna work on my own for myself. I don't need no help, not anybody else. Nah, man, I got it dealt. I'm working on my wealth and I'm working on my health. Keep on working to excel, cause I'm working on myself. Yeah, and y'all don't know that I'm a soldier. I always felt like I'm a loner When everybody thinks they know ya And y'all don't even know I own ya And now I'm ready taking over Cause every day I'm getting closer Just look at everything I'll show ya And now I'm ready, I'm a blower <laughs>
Alexis on the ride.